My perspective has changed entirely. This could be the opportunity to get the knowledge to help me finally take that step. I was looking for the next growth challenge for me. And that's really easy to do when you have a bunch of great people with integrity and knowledge around you. There's just not a networker that I know that I feel as comfortable working with. I'd say embrace it. Embrace a different way of, of living. You can do it. You just have to start. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Accelerator Podcast. Hey, what's up team? This is Scott Mackis, and today I'm excited to share the latest episode of the Real Estate Investing Accelerator podcast, where Buddy Rushing, founder of White Feather Investments and leader of the Accelerator, interviews Taylor Wing, who is one of the youngest members to ever go through the Accelerator. In less than one year, Taylor went from owning zero properties with no access to capital and little knowledge about real estate investing to investing in six real estate deals using a variety of creative funding methods, and acquisition strategies. If that's not impressive enough, Taylor is also a full-time operations officer in the U.S. Army. In this episode, we discuss what compelled Taylor to get involved in real estate at such a young age, how Taylor used a VA loan to fund his first real estate deal, what the Burr method is, and how Taylor will get an 80% ROI on his first Burr deal, and why owning real estate is a triple-hedge threat against increasing inflation rates. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Real Estate Investing Accelerator podcast. Okay. All right. Now I have Taylor Wing, who is one of my favorite people to talk to at any given time because his story is so inspirational to me. And you're going to learn a little bit about why it's inspirational. Um, but just he is, you know, a recent graduate of West Point a couple of years ago. Graduated from West Point a couple of years ago. He is the reigning youngest White Feather member right now <laughs> and and is just absolutely killing it. At the same time, he's an artillery officer uh, in the Army and literally just came back from a training exercise, like literally like moments ago <laughs> and, and is in the middle of a house move and in the middle of everything. This is a guy who attended accelerator calls under the cover of darkness in the field, which I respect because if you remember a little bit back into White Feather history, Greg and I once were in the middle of a MEFX, um, uh, Marine Expeditionary Force exercise, which is this massive exercise. And we attended a Saturday call in the middle of MEFX. So I respect the commitment. There's another guy, John Licht, who is kind of a legend in White Feather, who was in the middle of a raid, an actual raid on San Clemente Island. And he was during some uh, downtime in that raid. He got on a call with me and we talked about real estate. So I, I respect the ability to do everything all at once uh, and juggle it all. So you, I just have to ask this question, right? You're in your early 20s, right? You graduated from West Point two years ago. You don't have any experience in real estate. You don't really have much capital, right? Because you're a college kid, right? You don't have a network to speak of. like. But you throw your hat into the ring and get into the accelerator, which is a lion's den, right? It's a lion's den of oh, yeah. different, <laughs> some of them, I mean, every single course we have full bird kernels. Every single course we have multimillionaire businessmen and women. Every single course we have people that are, so you're in the same arena as those people and you're doing the same homework assignments, you're doing the same presentations and you're taking the same type of action. What in the world? compelled you to jump into that arena so young i'd love to hear your thought process <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i can tell you I've, I've always been super interested in 
entrepreneurship and in real estate. And so over the past couple of years, I was always reading, listening to podcasts. And I always had like this kind of dream life that I wanted. And I just knew I needed more. I need, I needed actionable steps and I needed an education. And so actually I was listening to uh, uh podcast, Scott's podcast, and you miraculously appeared on there. And uh, as soon as I heard you talk, I was, I just knew that you were the guy I had to to go to and get more information from. So even though, I, like I said, I didn't have much, I don't have a network. I don't know anything about real estate, never owned a home. <laughs> uh, so I, I've taken out one loan, my career started loans. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I was like, I'm just going to find this money and I'm going to take this course. And so all I went all in and it's just been all the rest is history, you know taking the course and closing all these deals after that. And it's just, so let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, so you get in the course and you do, you do really well on the course load itself. Your presentations are kind of like, you know, favorites of people. Like they love seeing you speak probably because you look like you're about 12. And <laughs> this guy who's sitting up there, like delivering this quality, like presentation so young, I know for a fact, all the like 40 and 50 year olds are like, oh, if only I'd started when Taylor started, right? That was the <laughs> common thread. But you weren't just a young face. You weren't just somebody who was good at academics. You also backed it up with action. And you ended up winning Rookie of the Year, which is an honor that we, we, we allocate three individual honors in the course, right? Top Achiever, Honor Grad, Rookie of the Year. And you were one of those three and you, you, that is, that's quite a distinction considering that, like, like you said, you didn't come in with any experience or anything like that. And you had to figure it out as far as doing deals, you had to figure it out, right? Because you're not sitting on a pile of cash and, and, you know, you didn't have a, a long history where you could go to any private lending institution and be like, Hey, look at all this that I've done. Loan me money, right? They won't do it. And so you had to be creative and you had to figure it out. So talk me through what your thought process was behind the first deal that you did. And then you've become even more creative after that. Talk me through some of those deals. Oh, definitely. I, and I love talking deals. It's probably my favorite, favorite part of real estate. And so yeah. um, I, I think one Kiyosaki quote that I like a lot is he says, um, I never say that I can't afford it. I, I, you know, he says, I'm going to figure out how I can afford it. And that kind of inspired you know, how I finance a lot of these deals because I can't afford anything because I, you know, I, I don't have that much um, to work with. And so and the first deal I bought was with the VA home loan and I closed with 0% down, was able to structure it so that the seller closed uh, or covered all the closing costs. Ooh. Moved into that one for no money. I think, I think I paid maybe for an inspection and that was pretty much it. So that was pretty awesome. And that's the property I'm going to rent out now. And the property I moved in now is a bird deal. And so I scooped it up from an, uh, a flipper who ran out of funds. And so I got it at a really good uh, deal. I'm just going to pray. And I'll probably come out with, I think, about 5000 into the deal um, after I... Whoa! Uh, yeah. So Okay. So you so you just dropped a bunch of stuff on us right there. Let me unpackage it a little yeah, bit. Sorry. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're a rock star, but like a lot of people, I mean, the numbers bear out that probably about a thousand people will listen to this. So out of those, you're going to have lots of young guys like yourself that don't know anything. And they're just, 
going on Bigger Pockets and listening to podcasts, which you should do if you're listening to this. Go to Bigger Pockets, listen to podcasts, read those articles. They're awesome and they're free. But they don't know what you're talking about, right? So yep. with a VA loan, so you use the VA loan to buy a house. And now using a VA loan, you have to have the intention of living there as a primary. So you did move in. You did live there when you were stationed there. Yep. I lived there for about six months. With the idea of whenever you needed to move somewhere else because of orders or whatever, you were going to then hack it. You were going to then turn around and turn it into a rental. So you put zero down on this. You put, you've got the seller to pay for closing costs, which is awesome, by the way. (laughs) So you got, you got into this house when, what's your interest rate on it? I got lucky because it, luckily when I took this course, it timed well with the interest rates. And so I think it was like a two seven. 2.7. 2.7. So you got uh, a 2.7% interest, which is basically free money, right? Yeah. That is free money. Oh, yeah. And zero down. <laughs> mm-hmm. And your house has definitely appreciated since then, for sure, because the housing market's gone on a tear. So you're getting free equity for not putting anything into a deal. And you're also going to make cash flow out of it whenever you rent it out. Is that correct? And uh, when I did live there, I did rent out the third bedroom that covered the entire mortgage. So I actually never paid a dime of that property. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, All right. It's crazy. <laughs> You're 26 years old and I'm going to make everybody listen to this feel bad right now, right? <laughs> For all of you who like me, you're 38, almost 39 or above or anywhere close to that. Imagine what you would have done if you at 26 had done that. Just, just that. Right. <laughs> now that you're done feeling bad, let's move on. So, all right. So that's awesome. Right. And, and, and by the way, anyone can do that. Anybody who oh, yeah. has, is serving in the military or has ever served in the military and was honorably discharged has the VA loan. They have that same capability. So there is no obstacle anymore for anybody listening to this of, Oh, I don't have money. I can't invest in real estate. Guess what? Taylor just did it with literally zero money. <laughs> right. So (laughs) it's so awesome and empowering. And that property is going to make you tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars over the time you hold it, depending on how long you hold it, because it'll appreciate in value. It'll give you rental income. You get tax benefits from it and it pays itself off over time. Right. That's fantastic. So that's one of the tenets of what Robert Kiyosaki talks about. Only Robert Kiyosaki, he doesn't really push the VA loan because he knows 99% of the population doesn't have access to the VA loan. But you do, and everybody listening to this podcast will. So, okay, that's one. Very cool. House hacking a VA. What else you got for me? Yeah. The burr. Talk to me about the burr. Okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. The burr. So, mm-hmm. what is a burr? A burr is an, a strategy where you buy, you renovate, you rent, then you refinance all the equity back out of it. And then you take that money and you go repeat the process. That's last R. So, that's burr, right? So you found somebody who was wanting to flip this property, but they ran out of cash, which is just the best way to find deals. It is my favorite way to find deals is when you get a flipper who ran out of cash. Because oftentimes what flippers will do is they'll get involved in five, six, seven, ten projects at once. They'll borrow hard money on those projects. And if anything goes wrong, their margin of error is so slim, boom, they get smoked. So that probably, I don't know anything about your guy, but that's probably what happened to him. So he sells it to you for, you know, it's un, it's not completely finished renovation yet. So he can't sell it on the open market. He has right. to sell it to an investor. So tell me how you are getting into this and how you're able to get into it all in for five grand after it's all said and done. How'd that work? Yeah. Well, first off, 
I find most of my deals off market and I find them myself. So I actually drive the streets in my red Jeep and I write down addresses and then I, you know, bash, skip, trace and heckle people. I, I call it heckling, but just a old school <laughs> driving for yeah. dollars. That is yeah. old school driving for dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and so I found this one and you know, I could tell it was a bit of a project, but it's about 80 per- when I bought it, it's about 80% complete. And, cool. you know, of course they used very uh, high quality materials uh, on the construction of this. And so I got lucky there as well. Yeah. And so I, I purchased this one with hard money and I think it's a six month seasoning period that I have to hold it and that I'm eligible to it is, yeah. Advance. And on the back end, I'll have about when you, when you include all the interest and everything and the closing costs, I'll have about five thousand left in the deal once I go to refinance. Where'd you get the hard money? I actually used uh, one of your connects, Matt Owens. Okay. And if I know Matt Owens, I hope you're listening to this, Matt. He never gives anybody a really good deal. He, I have asked him for hard money so many times, and he gives me the same rate as he'll give a guy off the street. So, Matt, I hate you. So, now that that's out of the way, what rate did he give you? Um, it's 10% interest, and I'm trying to remember if there was points. I'm sure there was points. It might have been one point, um, something like that. I'd have to look at back at the documents off the top of my head. I hate you too, then. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't give me those rates. 12% and two points is what he offers. That's what he offers. So if you got him down to 10% and a point, then that's great. A point is a percentage of the overall loan amount that they're giving to you. So you either pay it up front or you pay it on the back end, depending on uh, how you've got it set up. Long story short is you're not using much of your own money, right? No, I think I put down maybe like 25, 25K because I had to put down a certain percentage of the loan to value. Sure, sure. Um, so that's money that I know I'll receive, be receiving on the back end after six months. So I'm not too concerned about it being, I guess, stuck. No, no, of course not. Yeah, you got to have skin in the game. So you put 25k out, borrowed the rest. No banks involved, right? So you, so you know, it's hard money. So it's not even on your credit right now. And you factored in the payments that you have to make for the hard money into your overall cash outlay, right? So whenever you do the refinance, you pull back all of the money you put in plus the payments you made on the hard money, and you're going to have five grand left in the deal after it's all said and done. Tell me at the rent that you're going to get, what's your cash on cash return? I have to look at the worksheets, but this is going to rent for pretty high, I assume. I would say maybe like fourteen or 1500 because it's a five... The house I'm in right now is a five-bedroom. It's, yeah. it's large. Um so I don't have the numbers in front of me with this Excel worksheet. I can figure it out for you. So let's call it fifteen hundred. What's the what's the total ARV? Total ARV will be about I think one seventy one seventy five. Yeah, there you go. So one seventy one seventy five. You can take out seventy percent of a cash out refinance. So you're looking at what one seventy do public math here. So so it's forty five forty eight thousand something along those lines. So you're gonna have about one hundred thirty thousand dollar loan at an interest rate of maybe 3% or something like that. So you're going to rent it out for 15 and you're going to have a mortgage payment of probably somewhere in the vicinity of a thousand or some, or maybe even less than that. Right. So when it's all said and done, you're probably going to cash flow around two or $300 or more per month. So if you cash flow at 300 a month, that's 3,600 a year. You got 5,000 into the deal. That's about an 80% ROI. 
<laughs> Those numbers, go look at your spreadsheet. Go look at your spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it's gonna be somewhere. So anyway, let me let me just slow down for a second and, and just reiterate why it's such an amazing thing, a burr deal. Number one, you have to have guts. You have to be willing to put up some cash. You have to be willing to run through a renovation. You have to be willing to borrow money um, if you don't have it all yourself. All of that has inherent risk. You also have to know what your after repair value, your ARV is, and you have to know what it's going to rent for. So when all is said and done, if it is worth 170 and you can pull out 70%, you get almost all your money back plus the holding costs, which means at the end of the day, you're into it for five grand, which is nothing on a $175,000 property into it for five grand, but you're holding it as a long-term rental. And so you're getting... 80% 80% return on your money. The house is appreciating. It's paying itself down and you're getting tax benefits. And here's the last thing. And I'm just going to, I have to say this because of the time that we're in right now. This is November 1st, 2020. November 1st, yeah. Second, November 2nd, 2020. We have just had nine months worth of a global pandemic that has basically caused the world to hunker down. And it's caused industry and, and our economy to freeze and then start in fits and starts. In order to help out uh, the average person and businesses, four and a half trillion dollars has been injected in our economy, which has never happened at this scale in human history. That has to come out in some way. Right? And the average person that you ask can pretty much guess that it's going to come out in the form of inflation. The Fed chairman has also said that. They have no desire to check inflation. They're not going to try to limit inflation numbers. Instead, they're going to focus on the unemployment numbers or the health of the economy. That means that inflation can run away unchecked. Whenever it does that, what you find is that real assets will increase in value, i.e. houses will increase in value. Rental properties, rental income will go up because the value of the dollar is decreased. So it costs more to rent a house. So your house price goes up, your rent goes up, and the mortgage that you have on it decreases in its power because the value of the dollar is lower. So it's a triple hedge threat against inflation to own properties. And combine that with the fact the mortgage interest rates are the lowest that they've ever been in human history or in the United States history, right? The lowest they've ever been in United States history. So when you get that super low interest rate, your property is paying itself off super fast. It's also going to increase because of the housing market inventory shortage. And it's going to increase because of inflation. And your rent's going to go up because of inflation. And you're also getting tax write-offs. And blah, right? So literally, I'm buying everything that I can right now. And this property that you have $5,000, you'll have $5,000 into is going to make you tens or hundreds of thousands, depending on how long you hold on to it. You're 26. You have 13 years until you reach my age. Like, if, <laughs> I, and I've told people this before, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about you and talk to you, even though it seems like I'm doing most of the time. I'm just so excited about your journey, right? For those of you who are listening to yeah. this or watching this, who are 26 or 22 or 27 or whatever, and you have all these doubts that you have when you're in your 20s, not doubts about your job. You're probably killing it at your day job, right? But doubts about being an entrepreneur or building generational wealth, especially if you come from modest means like Taylor and I do, right? 
You have doubts about building gener- being a millionaire. Are you kidding me? Nobody growing up even spoke like that when I was, you know, like nobody had the audacity to, to, to think that you could create wealth, but you can, you can doing the things that he's doing. They're not outlandish and they're available to everybody. It's just, he's being a little creative and how he's doing it because he doesn't have a ton of cash sitting around. And that's what's perfect about his story. And so, all right. So before I get off the rail, so we got another three minutes or so. Anything else going on? Yeah, actually, uh, I already closed on a couple sub two deals as well. Um, it closed on one or I got one under contract last week when I was, when I had service, I was tech negotiating, texting, got one from the field. And then within 30 minutes, I typed up the contract on my computer and then docu signed it out to them and got it locked in that day. So last week I got another deal under my belt. So that'll be uh, number six of this year. And so it's insanity. Six (laughs) deals. I remember when I first talked to you about your financial freedom goals, you were like, I'd like to do a deal this year. That's what I'd really like to do. Oh yeah. If you look, I looked at my, um, my white feather assignment one and I outlined my goals and timeline. I did put, I'd like to own like one property this year. And and you skipped over that because you've just gotten like really good, really fast. But you said sub two, which means subject to the existing mortgage. This is a creative acquisition strategy that we go over in the course that almost nobody uses. Almost nobody ends up using it because it's, it's, it's scary to them. And it's like, oh, I could never negotiate that. You negotiated a subject to, which means that you took ownership of a property and you assumed the ex- or subject to the existing mortgage because you know that you can create more income than is than the mortgage is being paid and it costs you very little. How much money did you are you putting into this? Oh, I'm gonna send, he, I'm gonna pitch him, you know, a couple grand at closing, and then I'm just gonna assume this property and it already has, I think, about twenty five percent equity or thirty percent equity built into the property, and so. I'm just moving right in and then going to move in some tenants. And it'll, it's like I said, it, sub twos are a beautiful way to step into these deals for, you know, just a couple thousand dollars. Dude, you, you're, you're insane. I, I wish that I had more time on this interview because you're just killing it. You're absolutely killing it. We may do a follow-up with you um, in six months to like talk <laughs> about some, cause you're doing such creative stuff and I love it. I absolutely love it. I got to jump off because I got another call coming in. But dude, I'm super proud of you. And obviously anything that you need, I'm, I'm there for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, I was just happy to have you have me on, you know, just yeah. to you. So. All right, brother. Take care. All right. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Investing Accelerator podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a fellow military veteran. If you would like to learn more about joining our upcoming accelerator, please schedule a call with the team through the scheduling link in the show notes. It's that easy. The accelerator is a six month course for military veterans in active duty who are seeking a real estate investing community to belong to that provides inspiration, education, and problem solving in a trusted environment. And as always, remember to dream big and take bold action.